Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. I'm Jason Roundsville. I've got today with me my co-host, Dylan Ray. And special guest from Lancaster Archery, we have PJ Riley. PJ, welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. All. You know, we're excited to have you here. Um, you know, Lancaster, I, I believe, was one of our initial corporate partners when we rolled out corporate partner program. I think you guys were one of the first ones to jump on, and I know you've been around with us for a long time. Yeah, I'm sure that we were there from the beginning, knowing Rob Caulfield, our president and founder. Um, huge bow hunter, loves Pope and Young, so I would have no doubt that he was there from the beginning. He said, the way he worded it was just, uh, we've been sponsoring them forever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're glad to have you guys. And and tell us, for for those folks out there listening that don't know all about Lancaster, tell us about what you guys do and, and the kind of stuff that you offer to bow hunters. Sure. So Lancaster Archery Supply, uh, we are a supplier of archery bow hunting gear, whether that is traditional, compound, uh, Olympic recurve, crossbow, whatever. Um, we uh, supply everything that you would use for bow hunting as well as target archery. We have a shop, a physical location in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, and then we also have our website, LancasterArcherySupply.com, where you can get all that stuff online. And, you know, there then we sell it all over the world, um, whereas our shop mainly serves the local area. However, it's become 
kind of a destination. We'll get people who come down from Ontario, Canada. You know, we'll get people who come from eight, nine, ten hours away just to come to our shop. Um, so, but we have full service, whatever it is, online, in the shop. You know, we have it all. We also have at our shop, we have an academy attached to that where we give lessons, um, coaching, all that kind of stuff. People can come in and have parties. Um, so just full service archery company. Didn't Pope and Young have an event there at, at their last convention that was on the East Coast? I believe they did. Um, I, rem- I remember Pope and Young being here. Yes. As a matter of fact, I remember the game warden coming down for it. I, I don't recall what they did here, but yes, they okay. did come in for a day um, and had some activities here. Yeah. I'm like, hey, bow shop, uh, parkery location sounds good to me. <laughs> Now, don't you guys host a very large um, traditional archery shoot as well? Not a traditional archery shoot. We have, uh, I mean, not traditional exclusively. We have a tournament every year, Lancaster Archery Classic, and that's all archery disciplines. Barebow would be what it is in the target world versus quote-unquote traditional. You can shoot traditional equipment in it, but it would be classified as barebow technically. Okay. Uh, I know you're a trad guy, Dylan. Are, are you a trad guy or are you a barebow? Uh, trad guy um, okay. as of about six months ago. All right. I don't, I don't know if you can say I'm there yet. I'm an, I'm an aspiring trad guy. There you go. We'll take that. So what, what's the difference? Uh, I'm a compound guy that's trying to become a trad guy. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm a trad guy that hits the target one out of four times. So, yeah, well, if that's the case, it sounds like maybe you're still a compound guy. You just don't <laughs> yeah, admit it. I haven't, I haven't accepted the fact yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> How about you, PJ, which I, I see a compound back there behind you. What do you shoot? Absolutely. That's, that's me. I need the training wheels. Uh, yeah. Compound, compound for me. Um, I do have a recurve, one piece recurve bow, 50 pound bear. Um, but that's my bread and butter right there. Yeah. That's, I, I don't think I'm ready for the, the full trad stuff yet. I talked to those guys and, and, uh, they're in a level that I'm just not in. I, I don't know if I'll ever be there, but so it's pretty cool. I have been to with Lancaster archery. We send a crew every year to what's called the Eastern traditional archery rendezvous ETAR here in Pennsylvania. And it's the biggest gathering of traditional archers east of the Mississippi. Wow. Um, and I've gone to that a couple of times and just a great event and just nothing but recurve long bows, self bows, horse bows, you name it. They're all there. And uh, it's a good time. Those guys have fun. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't want to accidentally walk in with a compound. They'd probably jump you. <laughs> so funny story to that. This was the first time I went was one of the first times where we started doing videos and I had only been to compound tournaments. So I went in with my LAS shooter Jersey, you know, which is like a NASCAR looking shirt. Yeah. And I was walking around and I was like, people were really standoffish with me. So I went to our main uh, trad guy at the time. His name was John Wirt, very well known in the trad world. And I was like, John, these I, I'm getting a funny vibe from these people. And he said, you got to take that shirt off. You said, got like a sore thumb. Wear something olive or brown. There you go. 
As soon as I like, lost the jersey, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, more like uh, so a little more safari than Vegas. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> safari are not you know the Vegas right. Strip. <laughs> That's great. So have have you shot traditional? Uh, sure. I mean, a, yep. like quite a bit, or just just a little bit here and there. Uh, here and there, I would say. Like I said, I have a fifty-pound bear colt. Uh, it's a one-piece recurve. So, I mean, I've had that. Actually, that's the longest bow I've had. I got that when I was about 17 or 18. Okay. Um, so I've had it all my life, basically. Um, so I shoot it, you know, every now and then, I would say. Yeah. I've never hunted with it. Uh, mm. I don't feel comfortable doing that in my skill level. But, uh, yeah, I take it out. It's fun. No speaking doubt. of the speaking of the Colt, I, uh, my grandfather recently passed away. And I got a phone call from my mom and she said, Hey, I found an old recurve up in the attic at his house. Do you want it? And I said, well, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it was an old Colt. So it's hanging, hanging right above my head and that, that they left found in my grandpa's attic. So that's a special bow to me. Nice. Now. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how I shoot mine, it, but <laughs> I went and I bought mine. I remember I was in high school. I bought it. I it was a garage sale somewhere. I saw it and I was like, I like the looks of that. I'm buying it. Yeah. <laughs> no i don't yes. know that i'll ever shoot it it's just a little too special to you know if anything were ever happened to it so right now it's just gonna Absolutely. hang above my head so I, you know, I could see both ways on that. I could see saving it because it absolutely is something special. The other side of that is eh, grandpa'd want you to shoot that thing yeah yeah no he would and and you know i've I went back and forth I'm like well I'll string it up and at least shoot a doe with it or something this year that way I can say i did and and uh but I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm split. I I can see that. I, I, I can see both delaminating sides. on you. For right. Sure. Yeah. 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 My, my high school bow was a golden Eagle. It was a recurve, but it also had, you know, cams on it. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually, you know, as, as vain as it sounds at the time, I think that's why I went with that bow because I like the look of those recurved limbs. I thought that looked pretty cool. Those were super popular when they came out, and everybody wanted to have one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's either that it looked really cool, or it was cheap. I'm one of the two. That's, <laughs> or both. Yeah, or both. That could be. So, tell us about some of the other things um, that Lancaster does. I know you talked about some of the events. What, what other kinds of things are you into? So, man. Where do I begin? You got three hours here? <laughs> you know, we can make it if you need it. We got all the so, time in the world. So so uh, one of the things I know that we pride ourselves on is uh, we like to think of ourselves as one of the world's largest suppliers of archery only. In other words, we, you know, nothing. Not, we don't have anything against it, but we don't get into fishing stuff. We don't get into guns, uh, things like that. We are strictly archery. Um, so I know we take pride in that and incidentally i should mention in addition our website in addition to selling to retail outlets we supply many bow shops all over the world we're a distributor in that sense so you know your bow shop in california they may get their arrows from us um you know so that's another aspect of our business um, but we have these uh um, customer service people here were a place where, you know, somebody has a question, not even just about, you know, assistance in buying something, but you're thinking about, 
um, you know, hey, I don't know what arrows to shoot. You know, I want to go hunt elk. Uh, and I'm used to shooting um, an eastern axis. Is that good for elk? You know, I don't know. We, we have customer service team, people that uh, folks call in and ask questions. Um, that's something we also take pride in, in that we're, we see ourselves as a resource. You can just call, you don't have to buy anything. You can just call in and ask us questions. Um, and guys will, you know, provide whatever information we have there. We do, you know, um, with now your cust PJ, just real quick, your customer service people, do, do they speak English? They do. Okay. All right. That's all. <laughs> I, I tend to get customer service from Sri Lanka or something. And so. they are, as we're talking right now, they're on the floor right below me. Nice. Okay. So they are here. Um, and so then um, we also sponsor, um, we're also involved with the tournaments like IBO, International Bow Hunting Organization, ASA, Archery Shooters Association, NFAA, USA Archery, um, all those organizations that promote tournament archery, which all, except for USA Archery, they all have bow hunter divisions where archers, competitive archers, you know, have restrictions that limit them to equipment that's similar to bow hunting. You know, some of them get a little uh, technical there, but basically they're shooting bow hunting setups. Um, so th that's something we're heavily involved in. You know, we have um, these uh, trailers called the LAS Express. They're giant mobile archery shops that we send to tournaments to support the archers there. And so people in the community, you know, even if they're not involved in the tournament can come in and buy equipment there. If they don't have a local archery shop, boom, for this weekend you do. Um, so just, uh, I mean, if it has something to do with archery, we're involved with it. S3DA, uh, NASP, all those organizations that promote archery, bow hunting, we're in it. You know what's funny, PJ? I worked at a uh, I worked at an archery distribution company in college, and at the time, it was the third largest. And uh, you guys were the topic of a lot of conversations. It was like, well, how do we reach Lancaster? You know, how do we get to that level? How do we how do we how do we become like Lancaster? And so, uh, you guys were the uh, were the standard for archery distribution when I was in college. You still are, but but you know, I happened to work in that space, and and you guys were the topic of a whole lot of conferences. <laughs> it's uh it, yeah i mean it's I, people often ask about that and i mean the, the the biggest part of that is imagine you have to have the space to carry eighty thousand products yeah i mean that's just uh, our warehouse is pretty big you know just to be able to accommodate all those products um, so that's a commitment and an investment in and of itself you know just to be able to handle that kind of volume Right. Um, uh, so we do that. Then we have an arm uh, that's called Competition Archery Media. Um, that's another one that I'm also involved in, where we go and broadcast um, archery ASA tournaments on the Sportsman's Channel. Um, we do live broadcasts of their professional tournaments. That's an arm of what we do. You know, I mentioned we have a blog on our website. Um, and we do videos, of course, product videos. That's something that we started when I came here just to 
We wanted to be a place that people could go to and count on decent information. There's a lot of great information out there. There's a lot of not so great information. So we wanted to kind of be that resource people could, could go to. Hey, here's a new release that just came out from Trueball. What, what can I find out about it? Where can I see it? Uh, our motivation was always, um, you know, we'll give you the information, but we want to show it to you up close so you can see it. You know, maybe you can't get to an archery shop, you know, it's three hours away or something. Here's a place where you can check it out and see it, you know, basically everything short of holding it in your hand. So that was something we started. We make product videos. We do bow reviews every year. Um, just all these things that are uh, connected into being an archery resource. If somebody wants to know something about archery, we like to think in some way, shape or form, they can come to us and find their answers. So I like the idea of broadcasting a tournament, but instead of just, you know, a tournament, maybe we do the, the 3d shoot from the next convention. And then, you know, instead of just, you know, telling people scores, we can heckle the shooters. <laughs> we could say, you know, we could have it set up on the Pope and, you know, the, the math mountain uh, archery festival, Pope and young world record course out there. And as people come up, you kind of say, getting ready for the shot have you ever <laughs> seen an elk that big oh my gosh don't shank this one and we could just mess with them a little bit what do you think would that catch on for sure absolutely okay. i think it would all right <laughs> that that's another aspect of what we do in the video world is storytelling uh total archery challenge tack has gotten hot in the last couple of years so we went and did a video series just explaining what that is ETAR, the traditional rendezvous, we made videos of that so people could get a sense of what it is. Just something so people can experience, you know, if they're thinking about going to one of these things, well, what's it like? You know, we'll make videos just to show people what it is. Yeah, we just spent this weekend up at the uh, archery Mountain Archery Festival in Utah and had a lot of fun. Oh, gotcha. People were loving it up there. Yeah, so. yeah. And it was, it was nice and cool on the mountain. <laughs> nice, because it's not so... Uh, <laughs> we were in Metropolis, Illinois over the weekend. It was not nice there. Yeah, we apparently we set an all-time record high yesterday of, what, 117, I heard somebody say. Wow. So that's, it doesn't, it's not supposed to be that hot where I am. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah. You guys have a lot going on this summer. You getting ready for fall. What's, what's your schedule looking like? Yeah, this is um, this is about when the things start to take off. We're in end of June, beginning of July now. Now we're going to see bow hunting just start taking off. You know, it's been steady between 3D um, business and some bow hunting, uh, but now it's going to be serious bow hunting from here through October. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll just be doing you know, bow setups, tune-ups, all that kind of stuff, online people buying broadheads. You know, I just, I was walked through the warehouse and I saw a huge skid of 3D targets. So um, guys are definitely starting to turn that switch and get that mindset. We have a big event in uh, August, the second weekend in August. It's called our Bow Hunters Extravaganza two-day event, you know, that we have at our shop where 
we just, you know, bring in all kinds of stuff, tree stands, 3D targets, broadheads, stuff that is really going to capture the bow hunter's eye. And we just have a two-day kind of fun event. It's a sale, nice. yeah, but but there's there's a lot more to it than just that. Yeah. So that's coming up here, too. Very good. So, PJ, who's the, who's the best your... archer you've personally got to shoot with? Ooh, that I got to shoot with. Well, <clears throat> we do a feature at every ASA. Uh, it's called Shot of the Week, ASA Shot of the Week. And it's me and I work with Matthews Pro, Dan McCarthy, who's a big bow hunter as well. He's from Wisconsin. Um, where he he tells me, you know, we, we take a specific scenario, a target that he shot, and we talk about what makes it unique and challenging and all that kind of stuff. So he's kind of coaching me there, but he's not shooting. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, I did get to shoot actually in a tournament with a Canadian archer by the name of Christopher Perkins. He's won Vegas. He's won Reading, um, also a big bow hunter. And actually going around a course shooting, I would say he's the best that I've ever shot with. Killed a mountain goat last year at 120 yards with his bow. Um, wow. Just a ridiculous. I mean, he. I, I told him, I was like, you're playing a different game than if you're shooting archery. I don't know what I'm doing because it's not that. <laughs> Maybe he's just not that sneaky. I. It, it, it's funny. He said when he went on this hunt, his outfitter didn't know he was a bow hunter. And so when they go out, he shows up. They're like, all right, where's your gun? He's like, I don't have a gun. I have a bow. What bow? They were all set for a gun. Oh, hunt. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I don't think, I think that put in their mind, oh, we have to get in 20, 30 yards. No, yeah. he can, he can reach out there and touch you. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it, those mountain species with the bow, that, that's just a whole nother level of, of commitment. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he's, He's ridiculous. We, we shot 40 targets. He hit 27 bonus rings of those uh, 40 targets. And the other 13 were all in the 10 ring. So it was like, he, did, he never left the 10 ring. Just see, insane. My eyes aren't good enough to, to see that. No, I couldn't see half the stuff he was shooting at. And they were Reinhardt targets, which so on Reinhardt's, the bonus rings, you know, on the elk, it's fairly large, but you get down to a turkey, it's like the size of a nickel. And we're shooting out to 65 yards, I think was the longest shot. Didn't matter. He hit everything. That's, Dylan, can you do that? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious that when he said, when I asked him who the best archer was, obviously he's never shot with Jason, you know? I. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was fair. <laughs> I've, I've seen, I mean, everybody knows Levi Morgan. I've certainly seen him shoot plenty of times, but I've never shot with him. Um, but he's obviously an insane archer as well. And bow hunter, great bow hunter. Yeah, he, he hasn't called me lately, so I haven't given him any new advice lately. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's because he's never called me. I don't know. <laughs> So I know uh, well, 
well, we're sitting here just right, right coming up to convention. I know you guys are, are typically there. It uh, doesn't look like you're going to make it this year. We appreciate you sponsoring one of our shooting lanes. For sure. So it's um, at least we'll have you represented, even if we can't have you out there in person. Yeah, our um, our pro shop manager is a certified Pope and Young measure. Um, so he, you know, spends some time all year long, especially in the fall, uh, just measuring animals for people in the area, you know, who want to get them certified and scored. Um, he spends a lot of time doing that. So, yeah, he went to the school, uh, yep. did everything he had to do to become a certified measure. The, those guys... Yeah, those guys are a whole nother level. I I had the fortune to to be able to go and see them in person. I mean, the best of the best that panel, and the meticulous nature that that wow, it's something else. I mean, it's, yeah. I, the, they do things at a level that that just amaze me. So and, interesting story. I had a. I shot a Pope and Young buck in Pennsylvania many, many years ago. And it just kind of sat in my uh, house for several years. And then our Pennsylvania Game Commission held a measuring um, party or whatever you call it, measuring gathering, not far from my house. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take this thing there. I don't know what it scores. Let me go see. So I took it up there. And, you know, you go into this, everybody's in this line, and then you kind of, they break off, they say, okay, you go there, you go to that guy, you go to that guy. So it's purely random. And I ended up, the guy who measured it checked me the day I shot it as I was bringing it out. And really? It's a small world. And as I'm, I remember when he brought it out, when I brought it out, he was freaking out. He's like, that thing's nice. Oh, you got to get that measured, blah, blah, blah. And this, it's probably six or seven years separation. Yeah. And then I came up, I forget his name now. And there he was. I was like, hey, you remember this deer? He said, you bet I do. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Well, maybe, maybe we need to, one of these, one of these days, we might need to get some measures up to your big event there in August. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Set up a table and and uh, provide that. So that'd be a great addition to it for sure. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing we want to start doing more of that type of thing because it's when you talk to folks, it's not it's not they don't want to enter their buck. It's just that ah, oh, I just never got around to getting a score. Yeah, exactly. So many yeah. people. I mean, we have so many people who come through our shop who don't realize Chris Scott. That's his name. Our manager they just don't know that he's a scorer and you yeah. can bring it to him. I mean, they're right down the street. You can bring him anything and, he'll yeah. measure it. and yeah. they just don't realize it. Yeah. Well, some people are afraid of it because the tape measure doesn't lie. <laughs> it's like, Oh man, look at that. That's I shot a 180 buck and I'm like, man, I, maybe my math's off. That looks like 142 and four eights to me, but you know, <laughs> Yeah, you can definitely crush some dreams with a measuring tape. Yes, you can. I, I think that keeps a lot of people out of the book. Well, not that they'd have been in it anyway, but I think some people just don't like the truth that that tells. I think it sounds better to say, you know, just pick a number and go with it. Absolutely. But uh, you see the same thing with uh, with fishing. It's like, oh, look at my 30-pound salmon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Once again, my scales say 12 and a half, but <laughs> you roll with your 30. <laughs> so, um, 
So now, have you had? Have you actually been to a Pope and Young convention yet, PJ? I have not. Okay, I've never been to one. Well, we're we're gonna have to remedy that here one of these days. Absolutely. Yeah, great bunch of people. You know, I just we have our um, uh, the Great American Outdoor Show here, yeah. uh, sponsored by the NRA. We're hoping every year. We're hoping it comes back again. I'm sure it will. Um, but you know, I've seen the Pope and Young folks there. Um, yeah, just there. Uh, everybody I've met has always been great people. Yeah. So, any big trips for yourself coming up this fall? What's on your radar I'm, screen? You know, I'm, I've been slowing down. In my younger years, I, I hunted, oh, man, I think I was up to something like 25 states and eight Canadian provinces and in Europe and all that. And I found all of us, you know, every year it was like, go, go, go. We're going here. We're going to do that. And like the last couple of years, it's like, you know what? I kind of want to hunt just around home. Yeah, I, I I got away from it, and you know, home became, well, if I have a spare afternoon, yeah, I'll go jump in a stand. And then I was like, I kind of, I like doing my own thing, you know, at at my own place. Yeah. Um, so, I hunt in Illinois every year with a friend of mine, um, Doug Doty of uh, Illinois Whitetail Services. So I I hunt with him every year. Um, but other than that, I'm just sticking to Pennsylvania. There you go. So if you could pick one thing. This guy. I got this guy here. This was my bucket list. No, nice. Very cool. Yeah. So that was my that was my bucket list hunt, uh, muskox. And uh, remember a guy, I shot it with a bow. The guy said, you know, they do the fall hunts. And uh, the guy I was going to hunt with, he's like, ah, he's like, the muskox is a winter animal. He's like, you got to go after them in the spring. So it was minus 40 the day I shot that thing, you know, just something I've never experienced in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you think of all the challenges about releasing a good arrow and then you add 40 pounds of clothes and it, it changes this and it changes it a little bit. Oh, absolutely. That was just unlike any place on earth I've ever seen. So. Yeah. So if you had to I don't pick know why. Yeah, if you had to pick one trophy that kind of stands out, would that be it? Um, that one, uh, or so I have this um, antelope I shot in Montana, um, seventy-nine inch antelope, and I really like chasing antelope with a decoy. Okay, just I, I, that is the most fun hunting that I know of, that I've ever done in my life. Decoying antelope is as fun as it gets. You don't have to worry about being quiet. You're not really, I mean, you are sneaking, but you're sneaking behind a decoy, so it's not the same. And just, that's so much fun. And this one, I'll never forget, uh, my friend, um, we we saw this goat with his herd. He had his harem of does. He was in a horrible spot. And my buddy was like, ah, what the heck? Let's just go around behind him. Who knows what will happen? We go around the back, and just as we're sneaking up, I see this buck chasing another one. He's like a mile away chasing this buck off. And I was like, hey, we're between him and his does right now. So my buddy sets up the decoy, and he's looking through his binoculars at the does. I turn around and look, and here comes this thing full steam running right at us. And I said to him, I was like, hey, 
here he comes. Well, he turned the opposite way to look at me. And he says, what? And I was like, this thing is right here. It came inside of five yards. Wow. Ran, you know, came up, looked at me and just kind of made a loop out and stopped at 40. And I was already at full draw and I shot him. And I was just like, that is insane. Wow. Because <laughs> that's everything I'd read about decoying, you know, that was it. It happened. He was going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he wasn't having any of that. No, no. He was, as a great, you know, cause I, I had been on dozens of stalks where, you know, they did that and came into like 70 yards and hung up, you know, they never fully committed. He was committed. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody, we talked to somebody else the other day that they were talking about antelope hunting with the decoy being one of their favorites. So that's fun. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you drive around looking for the antelope, get out and go after them. I mean, yeah. you're, you're always looking at something. Yeah. I wanted to try that last rat in uh, Southwest Idaho tag. And I was really hoping to try that. We were just a little bit late. The rut was already passed oh, yeah. and it just wasn't, wasn't the right time of year to be trying it, but it, I've heard about it and it just sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it right. And it's, it's exciting. I yeah. saw one, um, we had one stock where we were in just in the middle of open and flat and nothing higher than that. And we saw this go, there was 840 yards away. We ranged it. We just stopped right there. And that thing came from 840 yards into 35 and I missed it. No kidding. Shot right over his back. Wow. Hey, hey, Dylan, did you hear that? We finally had a guest admit to missing. Yeah. <laughs> I for sure missed. You know, I saw I saw a cool That's I, saw, a, I saw a cool video. Um, it was Aaron Schneider put out on social media, and they were just walking behind horses and they walked right up 30 yards from these antelope and they never moved. I mean, they never even they never even looked up, and then he pops out with one of the cowhead decoys on his bow and steps out, and they never even looks up and he shot it. And I'm like, it's that easy. But we know it's not that easy, but it was a really cool video. The, the, they can be the dumbest, smartest animal you ever hunt. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I, I was on a third season hunt, and they weren't there wasn't a whole lot of dumb about these things. If, I mean, <laughs> you'd stop the car at a mile and a half just to get out and set up your scope and they were, they were moving. Gone. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's uh no, that's fun. So, so that'd be one of your top trophies. If you had to pick just one thing to chase. It's if I had to pick just one thing, it would definitely be that. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. That's just fun. Nice. And what, is Montana the state you're typically do that in or just kind of wherever you get a tag? Uh, yeah. So Montana, I mean, you got to have that season at the right time. Um, like Wyoming's a split and it doesn't quite catch that time period. Uh, South Dakota, you kind of get into it, but it's like that second week in September in Montana anyway. Yeah. Um, so that window of time, that, that was the best place. Alberta also, I I uh, killed one in Alberta. That's they overlap that time period as well. But Montana seems to be um, the sweet spot for that. Season. Okay. <clears throat> Very good. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, yeah. Dylan, if you're just chasing one, which one? Are, which one would you pick? If you could only chase one animal from here on out. Oh my gosh. 
that's an impossible question. Um, because I want to say like, because my bread and butter is whitetail, but then if I say whitetail, I never get to try anything else. Um, so I would say something like I haven't ever got to chase before, but then I'm locked into something. I, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, man, um, I, I would say moose or elk would, would have to be it. Well, at least there you're going to eat good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because those are some of the best stuff on the menu, whatever the menu is. But then, then, I, then I run into yeah. the issue that I don't have those you don't here in Kansas. An antelope. I, I don't have those here in Kansas, so then I only get to hunt when I travel. So that's the rough part. Yeah. it's Well, the good thing is we don't have to pick. We can yeah. do them all. We can do them both. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an impossibly hard question to, to answer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. With, I would with say mammals. being on your list, I'm sure glad that it looks like there you mammals. go. Mammals, there you go. Mammals. If I can only have one thing, it'd be mammals. See, I'm, I'm not even sure I'd want to limit it to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. You, you can't you can't lose my birds for me. Yeah, you're a bird guy. Yeah. Tell you what, I'm I'm sure excited for the birds and the mammals. I'm excited that Canada's looking like they're finally going to be open for this fall. It has. It's been a long journey. Yeah, I, I went to Canada every year for about, I'm going to say 15 years or something, whether yeah. it was waterfowl or, you know, antelope, deer, caribou, whatever, bears. Um, but, yeah, I, this it's been a gap now. A couple of years yeah. I haven't been here. Yeah, I missed last year the first one in a long time. And uh, I've got a lot of good friends up there. And it, it's kind of neat because the uh, – one good buddy of mine, Kevin, up there, he was telling me, he sent me a picture. He texted me a picture. He says, hey, you'll never believe, you know, they, they shot a new world record elk, you know, right 10 miles up the road. And I'm like, you know, when a, when a farmer tells you about a new world record elk, you're like, yeah, sure they did, you know. And, and he sent me a picture of a bull, and I'm like, you know, that's actually a really nice bull. And then, <laughs> you know, a couple months later, we uh, or actually several months later, we finally figured out how to get a panel uh, put together in Canada. We we're trying to figure out how to ship this thing down to the States. And, and uh, we finally got a special panel put together up in Canada. And sure enough, here it is, a, a brand new world record in Alberta. And so I had, I had to go back hat in hand and say, yeah, Kevin, you know what? You're, you're right. It's a new world record. How about that? But uh, pretty exciting. <laughs> And that was, uh, that was a neat story. Guy just hunting with his two boys and, and, uh, just right place at the right time and, and a whole lot of blood, sweat and tears. And, and Man. it came together. How about that? That's yeah, awesome. it's, it's exciting. We're, we're looking at, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm allowed to disclose the number of new world records we're going to celebrate next month, but it is, it's the biggest number that I'm aware of. Okay. At least, yeah. So in 32, this is our 32nd biennium, and I think this is the largest number of new world records we've ever had before. Wow. So just and a testament. People hunted during COVID. <laughs> that could be. And it's, you know, it's a huge testament to, you know, the, the quality of the wildlife management in yes. North America. Yeah, sure. So. And I, I think, you know, and, and it could be even better if you look at some of these places, you know, you look at, at Canada or, or some of these other areas where, where travel's been restricted, especially to Americans, we haven't been able to get there. Um, you know, you have a whole crop of animals that 
might have been taken last year as a as a mature, you know, bowler buck or what have you. And now all of a sudden they didn't get taken last fall. They're a year older and that much bigger. So there could be some some pretty good stuff taken this year. I, I have a guy that I hunt with uh, occasionally in Alberta for spring bears. And so he now missed two seasons. And I yeah. know he was shooting giant bears every year. I can't imagine when he gets people back there hunting, you know, He's been taking a yeah. few Canadians here and there, but nothing like right. any other Americans. So I can imagine when he has full camps for a full season, yep. there's going to be some monsters. There's going to be some monsters. I think the same thing even overseas. You know, you look at Africa was shut down for a year. And I think some of those, you know, some of those big kudu just got bigger. <laughs> and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of happy hunters this next fall. Absolutely. Uh, for me, just getting out there, if I can just go, I'll be happy. So no doubt. Yeah. Well, what, uh, PJ, one of the things, and this might be really interesting with you since you got, what was it? 80,000 items in your warehouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things <laughs> we, we ask every guest on our show is when you're out, you know, in the whitetail woods or, or wherever you're at up on the mountain in your pack, what is one thing, one item that you take with you, kind of a non-traditional item that maybe not everybody would think of having with them? Oh, that's a good one. Now he's got to sort through 80,000 items in his head. Just, yeah. Uh, you know? And we have we we a pretty big pack for 80,000 items. <laughs> you do. And it's, most of our guests, they, they've worked hard the last 20 years to pare their pack down to the bare minimum. So it's uh, – they you don't take – I I try to do that. You know, I'm going, I'm hunting where I hunt whitetails is a half mile from my house or even just at my back door. I walk out the door, I go into my woods and hunt. My pack, you would think that I'm going to be out there for a week. Yeah. I I don't know. And every time I'm like, "Ah, I'm going to cut some stuff down. It still weighs 30 pounds. I don't know what it is that I take that I need, but. It's it's crazy, but something that's non-traditional. I honestly don't know if I have anything in there. Non-traditional knives, uh, calls. Boy, I can't think of anything non-traditional. Mine. I think I'm kind of boring that. It's just that I have everything. I will say that I have never found myself in my stand saying there's something I need and I don't have it. That doesn't happen. That's how your pack stays at 30 pounds. Yeah, exactly. I, I hunted, I shot this deer two years ago. I think I was in the stand for all of maybe 20 minutes, killed this buck. And I remember coming down thinking, man, I hold all this stuff out here and I hunted for 20 minutes. <laughs> I didn't need any of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've had some pretty good answers. Um, you know, in fact, who was it that said Uncrustables, Dylan? Uh, Nick Mutt. Do you remember who that was? Yeah, so Nick Mutt came on, and, and we asked him, and he says, you know what? He says, Uncrustables. So we're hmm. Dylan and I are we're, we're actually going to do a, a series of podcasts just on Uncrustables and how valuable <laughs> they can be in a pack. I, I guess one thing that's potential is that I'm kind of a freak about, I don't know how other people are, for urinating in the stand. 
And so I carry my own out with me. So I don't know if that's traditional or not, but <laughs> if you catch me on the way out, I'm sure about I'm going to have a bottle of urine in my pack. Yeah. All right. I'm never drinking Gatorade at PG's PJ's <laughs> camp. <laughs> you know, PJ, I used to be the same way. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard this too. And, you know, I may never change the way you hunt, but, uh, I read an article one time and I, I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was QDMA and they well now NDA, but I think they put this, this, this thing out and it was, 90% of our urine is ammonia, which 90% of the deer's urine is ammonia. And then within, you know, minutes, a hundred percent of that turns to ammonia. So within minutes, our pee smells just like that of a deer's. And, uh, I believe it. And so I started, man, that, that season, like I, I really like every morning walk in, I'd pee in a scrape or whatever. And, and, uh, pee out of my tree stand, I'd have deer come to where I peed out of my tree stand at. And I, it, I was blown away. And, uh, and so now I don't have to carry bottles, but I also think it, it, at times it helps, you know, I think it, at times deer come to it. So, so I would think not about- be surprised by that for sure. And I know I have done, there's scrapes in the woods behind my house that I just have cameras on. And, you know, I'll, even if I'm done hunting for the season, we only get one buck bag in Pennsylvania. I'll still go out there and I've done that. I've peed in the scrape and then had pictures within hours of deer right in it. So. You know, I, uh, I, one time I was going hunting with a buddy and, and he walked ahead of me. And so I catch up with him. I said, Hey dude, I peed in your scrape. And he's like, dude, that's a cell camera on that tree. And it's hooked to my wife's phone. And I was like, Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> Oops. I think he was just pulling my legs. Oh, I never heard anything else about it, but I was like, well, okay, that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> The entertainment oh, for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, PJ, we appreciate you being with us today. Uh, really appreciate the, our partnership with Lancaster Archery. Um, you know, obviously uh, a top name in the business. We're proud to be associated with you and, and have you as, as corporate partners. So thank you for the support that you provide us as, as we're going out there working, working for bow hunters all across the country. For sure. Absolutely. We love everything that you guys do for the sport and the industry and just for keeping people, you know, interested in it. We don't care what form of archery you're into. You know, we just we just want people out there shooting a bow in some way, shape or form. That's it. Absolutely. Before we go, Jason, we do need to mention that this is our first video podcast. So if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you listen, you can also head over to YouTube and see our beautiful faces. So uh, we will be putting out some more video uh, podcasts coming up. So just something to to, uh, to mention there. Oh, wait, this is a video podcast? Well, we're going to – just me and PJ's face is going to be on it, but – Oops. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for PJ for joining us and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thank you. I uh, appreciate it.